Welcome to So You Say, a podcast about the words we use, why we use them, how we use them, and how it affects our everyday life. Ultimately, we will be discussing the power behind our words. I'm Holly. And I'm Susan. In our time together, we're going to explore those common phrases that we say to ourselves and others around us, the impact that those phrases make, and how to avoid the unintentional negative consequences those words may have. So you say, we'll explore how even the smallest of words can have such a large impact for you and those around you. again. This is your favorite podcast, so you say, this is Holly, and I'm here with Susan, but this time we are not recording from a closet in the castle in New York. We're back to recording virtually, and as always, you've come to the podcast about the words that we speak and how they can negatively or positively affect our lives. I'm going to do my little shout out to Susan. How's it going over there on the other side of New York State? Hey, we're doing good. It's a little chilly today, but, you know, not too bad. It's winter season for us here. And, um, yeah, you know, it's just snow and cold. and it's. But, hey, it's like this every year. And I can't believe that we already have had a year that's passed. Like, I feel like I just put away my fuzzy warm socks and now I'm pulling them back out again. So talking about a year, it's been a year. This will be our 21st, I believe, episode. And we've been doing this a year. We decided to come out with this podcast a year ago in January. So we're coming up on a year. By the time this episode premieres out into the podcast universe, you'll probably have heard us for a year straight. And that's one of the reasons why we are taking on this topic today, which is the same kind of topic that we've talked about for the past year. But it also is an all encompassing topic, just about how the words that we say can affect our lives. They can unconsciously shape our beliefs, they can drive our behavior, and ultimately create our world. And this came up to do now, which we probably should have done a year ago, but it came up to do now because we thought, why don't we just talk about all of these things that we've discussed over the year and just put it all together and really tell you about the experiments, the research, and the information that backs up what we have talked about for the past year. I love that we're taking this full circle. This, I think this is a great way to kind of cap off our first year of doing this podcast by going, hey, this is really what inspired us to reach out and say, there's power in your words. There's power in the words you choose, in what you say, in how you say it, in the choices that you make when it comes to communicating, both communicating to yourself, but also communicating externally as well. Yeah. Now we've talked about the power. We've talked about different phrases that we use and the way that we can change those phrases so that they have different power in our lives. But we didn't really discuss too much how these words or any words that we say can affect our personal vibration and also affect us on a physical level. One of the things that I love to always say to somebody, because this has happened to me, is think about how you feel after you're around someone who just constantly complains. I have had friends and family members who I get together with, and they complain the entire time, and I leave them feeling like I got hit by a truck. (laughs) And you're actually feeling that. Like, it's not just in your head. You will leave conversations with people who are just negative thinkers and talkers, you will leave that interaction feeling drained, feeling tired. And and it's very easy for us to go, oh, well, it's just in my head or maybe it's something else. No, no, that's that's actually a physical symptom that's being manifested because of the level of negativity. We're, it's not hyperbolic to say that there is power within words. They shape our belief. They drive our behavior. And ultimately, they create the reality of our world. Yes. And then think about 
opposite of that. Think about how you feel when you're around someone who has positive things to say. They compliment you. They're happy. They don't complain. Think about how different you feel when you leave that person. It is amazing how we physically, emotionally, and mentally feel after we remove ourselves from certain types of people, certain types of personalities. Mm -hmm. I have a mentor of mine for many years now, going on decades. And any time that I interact with her, I leave feeling revitalized, happy, upbeat. And it's it's because of the way that she communicates, because of her level of positivity. And it doesn't mean that everything in her life has gone swimmingly and perfectly, but the way that she communicates her world and the way she communicates within your interaction within that world is just so positive and upbeat. You are left feeling recharged energized. It's something that I I had not taken a lot of stock in until I started to really think about how do I physically feel after having these interactions? Also too, I started to think, how do I physically feel when I think about the way that I'm communicating? If I say to somebody, you know, oh, I'm having a terrible day or I'm doing this or I'm doing that. And I'm constantly saying that over and over and over. Yeah, I, I. by the time I'm done having this interaction, I feel every bit of the tired and stressed and sadness that I have. But if I shape what I'm feeling, and, it, and we're not saying deny that maybe you're having a bad day, but if you look at reshaping how you communicate that bad day, you can lessen the external effects of what's causing you to have a bad day and kind of boost the internal positivity that you have with the words that you're choosing when you're choosing to talk about what your experience is. Yes. And it's not only about communicating with people around you. We're going to talk also, as we have in the past, it's also about communicating about yourself. Yeah. And what you say about yourself. And we wanted to start this podcast with an experiment that an author, scientist, a Japanese scientist by the name of Masuru Emoto, and I believe I said that correctly, from his book, The Hidden Messages in Water. And I don't know if some of you have heard of this, but this book, this experiment has definitely shown us that our words and the power in what we say and how we treat people and how we treat ourselves makes a difference. In this experiment, there was before and after photos of the effect that words have on energy. And they did it on water. So when frozen, water that's free from all impurities will form beautiful ice crystals that look exactly like snowflakes under a microscope. But water that's polluted or has additives like fluoride will freeze without forming crystals. So in this experiment, Emoto actually poured pure water into vials, and they were both labeled with phrases. One was labeled with negative phrases, I hate you, and the other not. After about 24 hours, the water was frozen and no longer crystallized under the microscope, the ones that were labeled with negative words. And there was clumps instead of beautiful crystals. And then in contrast, then of course, as I said, he placed labels on the other vial and that said, I love you and peace. And that water was not polluted. And after 24 hours, it created these beautiful crystal-like snowflakes under the microscope. I think that this right here tells you how differently things can take energy, either positive or negative. Yep. And I think a lot of, you know, you know me, you know, I love my experiments. I love my facts. And I got to say that in first looking at this, I went, oh, well, there must be a reason. It it can't just be that. I was skeptical. I was. (laughs) But I take a look and go, even with that aside, 
you're you're seeing something that is interesting. If if everything is the same, if all the factors are the same, with the exception of the 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 type of energy that's being put out as far as communication, as far as choosing to putting the energy out there, this is an interesting experiment nonetheless. You know, and like I said, I, I know some of our listeners are going to be probably as skeptical as I am. He did an additional experiment. Yeah. And this is where it's crazy because people as you <laughs> will say, oh, come on, yeah. one experiment, it's water, anything can happen. But yeah, as you were saying, he did another one with rice. And actually he did this one in an elementary school classroom where he put two cups of cooked rice in two separate mason jars. He fixed the lids. And then on one jar, he wrote, thank you. And on the other jar, he wrote, you fool. And he told these students and actually instructed them to speak the words on the labels to the corresponding jars twice a day. And after a month, the rice in the jar that was constantly insulted had shriveled into just this black mess. And the rice in the jar that was thanked was white and fluffy and looked exactly the same as it did when it was put in the jar. And I, I find that incredible. We've seen this same type of experiment replicated with plants mm-hmm. you know people who, who who say oh i talk to my plants and they they do better they've also seen this type of experiment where two plants same soil conditions same type of plant same type of daily care when i say daily care they were watered fertilized whatever they was needed for a plant to grow was given where the difference was, was what was supplied to make the plant thrive. And in some cases, the plants were, the people spoke harsh words to them. They yelled at the plants. They, they, they said bad things. They said, you're a stupid plant. <laughs> you know, you're never going to grow, blah, 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 blah. And then to the other plant, they would say positive things. What a beautiful plant you are. You're doing so well. You're doing so good. You're thriving. And that plant that was receiving the positive affirmation and energies were doing better. And Mm -hmm. again, as as somebody who loves science and, and who is in a certain sense maybe more skeptical, I I look at these experiments and I go, okay, so what is what's the different what's a different factor? You know, what is it? And it's, it is, it's the intention. It's the energy that's being put out there. And I can't necessarily fully disregard that. So knowing that I'm going to hedge my bets and say, yeah, there's something to what we, what we say, why we say it, how we say it, the energy that we put out there. The same thing that we say at the beginning of the podcast, (laughs) every time there is power within your words. And even if you are not fully convinced with these experiments, understanding that by believing that there is power within your words is helpful as well. Yeah. So water and rice and plants. And now then there's us. We're just another living form that is on this earth. And if anything, we have emotions. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, we have emotions. Complicated plant. <laughs> yeah, so we can react where plants can't. And our reactions, we choose how we react and how we take in and how we cope with everything. Where water, we would think, and rice and plants really can't do that. So there's two steps to this. It's of course about the words that we speak. And how we say them to others are to or to ourselves. But then there's also a whole other part of this too, how we cope with that. That's step two. And how Correct. we take it in and how we react. Yeah. When it comes to how we incorporate and how we react, the, the issue becomes when we use the same negative words over and over again. And the more we read 
and hear and speak a, a particular word or phrase, the more power it's going to have over us. And this is because our brain uses repetition to learn. It searches for patterns and consistency as a way to make sense of the world around us. So when you are speaking a certain phrase, your brain inside is actually making neural connections. So if you're constantly using a certain phrase, your brain is going to make accessing that phrase even easier. So what the what what other experiments have shown, you know, again, not talking about water or plants, we're now talking about the human brain. When there is repetition, your brain actually forms connections so that it's easier. That's what we're designed to do. As humans, we are designed to look for consistency and patterns, and our brains will actually rewire themselves to make it easier to see the pattern, to see the consistency. Yeah. And this happens, a good example of repetition is, and this has all happened to all of us, they, what do they call them? Earworms, right? Yeah, yeah earworms. <laughs> right. When you hear a song and it gets stuck in your head all night, I've had earworms in my ear all night where I can't sleep. I wake up to go to the bathroom. I'm hearing it again. I wake up in the morning. I'm hearing it again. And the same song over and over and over, you, no matter how hard you try, that earworm is stuck in your head. So repetition is actually the most powerful tool to imprint something into our minds and keep it there. We, we're taught this in even elementary school. We're taught this, do you want to remember something? Say it a hundred times. Yeah. But this is why when we speak negative words to ourselves or to those in our world, this is why it has such a big impact. Exactly. I mean, think of just the power of the alphabet song. Now, I don't know about you, but I learned the alphabet <laughs> song in kindergarten. I think we all did. I think if you've gone through public or private school in the United States, we've all learned the alphabet song. And in my job later on, when I've had to file something, believe it or not, sometimes I'm using that alphabet song to figure out where does this get filed? A, B, C, D, E, F, G, L, G. Right. You know, so <laughs> it's, yeah, repetition is something where it becomes ingrained in us. And it, again, it helps us see a pattern. It helps us remember. If you did not have the alphabet song, learning 26 characters in the, you know, American English standard alphabet would be really, really challenging. But we've created this device so that our brains make the connection much quicker, so that we teach children to make that connection between all those separate characters, 26 of them. That's a lot for a little child to remember. But you put it in a song, and it's very, very easy, and it sticks with you for life. Yeah. So let's let's think about this, right? And let's think about children. Let's think about repetition. Let's think about the alphabet. While we learn these 26 letters in the alphabet, what if we looked at our child every day and 26 times every day said, you're ugly? Yeah. What would happen? What would happen? And everyone is probably like, oh, I would never do that to my kid. Why would you never do that to your kid? Because you know that that child is going to believe those words 26 times every day. And there's adults out there who look at themselves in the mirror three, four, five, six, 10, 12 times a day. And they're like, you're fat, you're ugly. So we're doing it all the time as humans, all the time, but yet we wouldn't do it to our kids. Right. And there's a reason for this because we see the impact that it makes on people. So we have to be really, really cognizant of the impact it also has on us too. That's correct. The more you're doing something, the more you're going to make it a pattern and a habit. So when we speak to ourselves negatively, we are, in a sense, rewiring our brain to be more receptive to that negativity mm -hmm. because we are doing repetition and our brain goes, our brain loves patterns. Our brain loves consistency. Even neurotypical brains will still seek out consistency and patterns structured in a slightly different way, but 
there is still that idea that the brain is always trying to make a connection, always trying to make an understanding. And the more it makes the same connection, the stronger that connection is. So if you think about it as a tiny little thread, if your brain, you say something negative and your brain makes a tiny little thread in regards to that negative and you say it again, that so now another little string is added and you say it again and again and again and all of a sudden those little tiny strings become a fine little thread and then you say it more and it becomes a little rope and then you say it more and it becomes even stronger think about your a steel piece of rope or wiring if you look at it, if you look at like a steel, and I'm blanking on the word, but if you look at like steel, I'm just going to use steel rope. If you were to actually cut steel rope and look at it from a side view, you would see that it's not one solid piece of steel, but it's lots of little pieces of steel. Mm -hmm. And each one of those little ones, if you were to peel that off and then try to hang off of it on the ceiling, you'd probably fall. But you put those all together and you can lift buildings, you can lift ships, you can lift airplanes up with the with these steel cabling. There was a word I was looking for. There you go. Cabling. <laughs> I knew I was going to get to it. It's that idea of individually not not so strong, but together, it's incredible the amount of strength that you can get. Individual phrases negatively maybe not so harmful, but you keep saying that negative phrase over and over and over. And all of a sudden, it's a steel cable of negativity. These words that we repeat over and over and over and that get stuck in our heads that we believe, they don't have to be truth. No. They could be complete bullshit. <laughs> but if we hear it constantly all the time, over and over and over and over and over, it becomes truth. Yes. It becomes our truth. It becomes someone else's truth. It becomes this truth that isn't really truth. It's just because our brains see it as you wanted me to remember this. You've wired me to remember this. And it doesn't matter if it's BS or not. This is important. This yep. is what I need to know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we wanted to go into, because we always like to leave you, and I know we're only halfway through this podcast right now, but we're going to get into it now. We always want to leave you with, how can we get here? How can we learn and what can we do to create more power in our words and to create more of a positive impact on ourselves and the world around us? And we've given you many, many pointers over many, many episodes, and a lot of these will be repetitive, but some of them will be new. And we thought it was really important to kind of put this all together and just talk about it right now. What we're doing by repeating it is we're helping you strengthen that connection. There you go. <laughs> so the more that we repeat something on this podcast, the stronger it's going to be, the quicker you are going to make the connection to what we are saying. So if you've been listening for a while, yeah, some of this is going to be, it's going to seem repetitive, but I'd like you to look at it as we are adding to the cable. We are adding another thread to that cable that's going to make it easier for you. Yes. And we love to say this is hard work. Mm -hmm. We struggle still, Susan and I, every day. We put in hard work every day. So we are telling you these things. We are not super women. We have to practice and do stuff like this every day for ourselves. When we tell you these things, we're telling you because we have used them, we have utilized them, we have practiced them, we have seen the impact or the not good impact, should I yeah. say, whichever positive or negative impact on what this can do. And one that we've talked about the most, and we'll go over that one first, because I feel this is what our podcast is about, is to think of the positive words that you use and then use them more often. So just to be more conscious of negative words that you use, and then use those less. And our first episode, if you went back, if you want to go back, was about the word or words, I hate. Yeah. And hate is a very negative word. Now, if you're conscious of 
that word and that you're using that word all the time, use it less or replace it with something else more positive that you can use more often. If you want to go back to the first episode and go listen to it, you can, but we're going to give you a little tidbit of what we said there. And what we said was instead of saying, I hate, we said, right now, I don't enjoy doing this, or right now, I don't enjoy what it is that we're discussing or whatever it is that you want to hate, but tomorrow, I will accept it a little bit more or whatever words that you want to use. Instead of saying, I hate, say, this isn't my favorite thing, but I only have to do it for five minutes. Or I may not like being around this person, (laughs) but I only have to talk to them for five minutes. Instead of saying, I hate this person. I hate this errand. I hate this task. Just to alter your words and to say the words hate a little bit less. Yep. I, you know, even just things like it's silly. You can go, well, I hate, I hate peas like me. I hate, I hate (laughs) peas, but (laughs) I have incorporated them into dishes where I've loved the dish. Right. And I think I am able to, I, I found since we've spoken about it and that I am more conscious of the use of that word, I try to limit when I use it and make sure that it is maybe just used factually, you know, I might even, I'm thinking back to even when I used to use it for things like, well, I used to say, well, I hate running. And now if I have to communicate that to somebody, I usually don't use that phrase. I'll say, Running's not my favorite thing to do, but, (laughs) and then I'll share something else, but I'll share something positive. You know, running's not my favorite thing to do, but I've really embraced walking, especially in Mm -hmm. the wintertime when the air is nice and crisp and I'm out and all of a sudden I'm often running and I'm communicating both to myself internally. I'm remembering the joy that I feel with finding a form of exercise that I do really connect with, but also I'm sharing when I share that idea that I love to walk and I'm outside and the smell of the, you know, the pine trees as I'm walking through my neighborhood and the sound of the snow crunching under my boots. And I'm painting a picture to my audience as well, you know, and, and, and that all comes from, I don't particularly like to run. You know, I have really strong feelings. I'd rather not do it, (laughs) but rather than dwelling on the negativity I'm turning it for myself and the people that I'm communicating with into a positive. Yeah. And I think this is huge when we want to practice gratitude. If we practice gratitude, we can more easily think about what words we want to use instead of the negative words. So just to use your running example, you can say, I, I'm not a runner, But I know that my legs are super strong and that it can get me down the street and I can walk fast. You know, whatever, be be gracious for the fact that you have legs. Be gracious for the fact that you can go out and take a jog or a fast walk or whatever. And just to practice gratitude. And I think if we think about that, and before we say negative words about ourselves or things around us, let me think about gratitude first. What can I be gracious for? before I say something negative. Right. It's okay to have strong feelings about something. It's okay to be disappointed or not like something or whatever the case is. Again, you know, we, we, we're not asking you to be a perfect person. We're asking for progress, not perfection. And part of the gratitude comes, you don't always have to, to reach out externally with gratitude. Part of it can be an internal check. Part of it can be the way that we talk to ourselves internally. You know, before you maybe externally criticize, take a moment internally and think about something that you're grateful for. You might be surprised at how making the neural connection to gratitude affects the words that come out of your mouth after you've made that connection. Yeah. Now, the next one that we want to talk about is to stop self-criticism and stop criticizing others as a default. Now, what does that mean exactly? We always, always have talked about numerous times over all of these episodes, stop self-criticizing. Stop 
telling yourself you can't do things, stop talking negatively about yourself, just stop. Now we're not going to wake up tomorrow and just all of a sudden love ourselves and all of a sudden stop criticizing ourselves. I still do it probably Mm -hmm. way more than I should. And I don't do it near as much as I ever have. But if you just start to, again, become conscious of your words that you speak of yourself and you sit down and say, okay, I'm not going to criticize myself today. I'm going to look in the mirror and instead of saying, I hate my body or I'm ugly or what is wrong with my hair today, whatever it is you want to say to yourself in the mirror, instead of self-criticizing, just either say nothing. I know that sounds crazy because if some people are going to say, well, I can't look at myself in the mirror and say, I love my body. Okay. Then just don't say anything. Just don't say anything for a while And then maybe you can start to transition into those more positive words. We don't expect you, again, to wake up tomorrow and completely change your life, but you can start, and that's a good transition. And we always happen to not realize that we will criticize others as a default. Now, what I'm kind of saying here is we'll say something nice and then add the word but, right? (laughs) Now... Because this is what we do as humans. We'll say, I really love your hair, but have you thought about maybe tomorrow styling it differently? Or I really love your hair, but have you thought about using this hairstyling product? Right? Like right there, okay, you're criticizing someone without realizing you're criticizing them. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, sometimes too, I think we criticize people we know we're, we're kind of criticizing, you know, one mm-hmm. of the things that I've, that I've had, unfortunately, communicated to me before is, um, you'd be, you're such a pretty girl. Um, you'd be prettier if you lost some weight. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like that's a, that's a, woo. that's a, that's a tough one, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, again, going back to that idea of, If your dialogue internally, uh, I always think a lot of this change starts internally. If you start to make the connection, if you strengthen your positive connections with the way you speak about yourself internally, again, you don't have to stand in front of a mirror every morning and say out loud, oh, I'm beautiful, I'm this, I'm that. But you can look in that mirror and go, okay, well, let me think of one thing that I'm grateful for. Let me think of one thing. Let me pick one little small thing and building that connection. And I'm going to take a little bit of time and I'm going to strengthen that little connection. Because then when you open up your mouth and you talk to others, that connection is already warmed up and it's firing already. Your brain is already sending neurons through that connection. So it becomes easier for your brain to access that connection when you communicate with people externally. So if you're doing the work internally, it is easier to do the work externally because your brain is already warmed up. Think about it as a car. You're not gonna turn on a car in the middle of winter and peel out of your driveway and (laughs) speed off down the road, you know, and expect your car to run at peak performance. Mm -hmm. No, you warm up your car. You know, you take you, you you don't peel out of the driveway right away. You you slowly get the tires going. You get them used to rolling on the snow and the rock salt and all that good stuff, so that your car, by the time it's warmed up and you hit the highway, you're running at peak performance. Same yeah. idea with positive talk. Start internally. Start strengthening that connection. Once you make that strong connection internally, it's much easier when you go to open your mouth and communicate. Your brain is already warmed up and wired to be more positive. Yeah. The other thing with stop criticizing others as a default is that if you look back on your life, you probably can think of at least one person that you have always criticized. Now, maybe not to their face, because most of us won't do that. But I think that we can all think of a bully or an enemy or somebody that we don't like. And we're automatically going to just default to saying, I don't like this person. This person does this. This person does that. And, And it's hard It is so hard as a meditation instructor. There's something called a loving kindness meditation. And what it is about 
It is actually about putting loving kindness out to everyone, even the people who are our enemies, even the people who are the haters, even the people who we don't want in our lives. Because the moment we start to put loving kindness out there, even to those people, we start to see what they are in our life and why they're there. And one of the things I've always said since forever, I feel like, is the reason why I had bullies, the reason why I had haters is because they were examples of the person that I don't want to become. Yeah, And that is really hard to see that, especially when someone has treated you badly. But don't even criticize those people who've treated you badly. Trust me, you will see the impact it will have when you start to treat even those people differently. And I'm not saying, again, to walk up to their face and say it to them. But if you say it in your mind and you meditate on it and you repeat it to yourself, you will much more be able to cope with the impact that this negative person has had in your life. And you'll be able to move on past it much faster. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things that comes with that, which we've talked about, you know, when we're talking about this, stop criticizing others as a default, is the idea of using joking. And I'm using that with air quotes. Joking um, isn't always a way to cope with something. Sometimes you need to really be thinking before you speak. I think we use jokes and sarcasm a lot of times to deal with things that are that are painful or difficult maybe to communicate or to express and you know again there are plenty of people out there who've made an amazing living being <laughs> self-deprecating i mean you look at any any stand-up comedian, comedian worth their salt <laughs> and there is something funny about that there is something charming about it but if that's all that's there then Again, it just kind of wires you up to to be in such the state of negativity. And I think some of the best comedians were the ones who, in their private life, were not the persona, the negative, sarcastic persona that they played. They they were they they understood that you couldn't exist as that character the whole time and and have a balanced life. Yeah. And yeah. I have had family members who love sarcasm. I grew up in an Italian family. Sarcasm <laughs> is rule number one of communication. And they are constantly joking. And they're constantly joking about things sometimes that shouldn't be joked about. And that can have a really negative impact on somebody. If you're Again, you have to think about what you are saying before you speak and how that other person will take that. Even though you think it's a joke, it may not be funny to the person that you're telling it to. Yeah. Yep. I've struggled with this um, in the past, whereas I am, you know, I, I love sarcasm, but oftentimes I've seen sarcasm used with others and, and with myself as a way to say something that was really mean. Mm-hmm. And I would almost rather that the person just say the mean thing. Like, <laughs> right. if you're going to be mean, be mean. Oh, we we're, we're, we don't always have to be perfect people. We don't always say the nicest things. We have bad days ourselves. I've said things that I wish I could take back. I wish they had never come out of my mouth. Doesn't mean there isn't some truth, maybe, to what I said. But... In hindsight, I wish that I had found a better way of communicating it than the way that I did. Or at the very least, maybe I should have been more honest about what I was trying to communicate or what I was feeling or take the time to to think, to think mm-hmm. before I spoke. Um, yeah, it, it's a defense mechanism. We get that. We understand that. Uh, what we're asking you to do is maybe it should not be your default defense mechanism. Right. Maybe there can be other ways. If you, again, if you build those positive connections, you're also strengthening your resilience to be able to deal with uncomfortable feelings. If you take the time to think about what you're saying and what you're feeling, you are building a level of resilience and understanding 
not asking you to screen every single word that comes out of your mouth. That can be exhausting in itself. But just like a marathoner, I wouldn't ask you if you sat on a couch your entire life, I'm not going to enter you in the New York City Marathon. But I might ask you to get up off the couch, walk a mile. And then the next day I might ask you to get up off the couch and walk two miles. And then maybe the third day I'm going to say, go ahead and stay on the couch for today. It's okay. But then the next day, get up off that couch and walk two miles. <laughs> so that's how you build. That's the same idea when it comes to building resilience within ourselves and the way that we communicate. It is by steps. It is by taking the time. The expectation is not to jump from zero to 60, but the expectation is to get moving. Yeah. And I want to trail back for a second here because you were saying before that you would rather hear the honesty than hear the joke. One of the things about honesty that I've come to realize in my life is there is a freedom to being honest and honesty is going to hurt. It's going to hurt people. It could even hurt you to be real. (laughs) Honesty can hurt. But the way I explained it to someone recently is that if you carry a backpack of holding back lies, dishonesty, and you carry that for 15, 20, 25, 30, your entire life, it's going to weigh you down. You may not be thrilled about finally being honest, slowly taking pieces or items or things out of that backpack and finally owning your truth because it could hurt the people around you. But that backpack becomes lighter and that journey becomes easier. And there's a freedom to finally being honest with people. And we're not saying be honest just to be nasty. Of course, there's a way to be honest. Talking about criticizing before, there's a way to constructively criticize people. And that's a good thing because I think that we all do need to have some sort of criticism in order to build resilience, as you said. Yep, absolutely. And all right, so the next one here is talking about resisting gossip and speaking badly of others, which we have pretty much discussed over and over and over through many episodes, as well as we've slightly tapped on it recently, just here talking about how we criticize people or how we talk about people, how we complain, the impact of complaining. (laughs) And if you can resist gossip, I'm not saying to just go out with a bunch of your friends and sit there and keep your mouth shut or to sit there and just say, shut the fuck up, everyone. Yes, I just dropped an F-bomb, but (laughs) just (laughs) maybe resist it in the best way that you can. Maybe don't go out with these people as much or whatever solution you want to find. I love a good tea session. You know, (laughs) spilling the tea, I do. I do. However, what we're asking you is to resist having it be your default mode. If you're always going out with people and that's the way that you interact with people, if it's always to gossip or to speak badly of others, then, you know, again, you're building, just like the way that we talked about building your positive connections, if you're constantly getting together with a group of people and you find yourself defaulting to gossip or speaking badly about others, you are strengthening that connection. And maybe that's not necessarily a connection that you want to strengthen. That should not be what binds you with your friends. And if it is, you may want to consider reevaluating yeah yeah expanding your friendship circle at the very least you know it's just uh, it's one of those things where i've i've fallen into it i've fallen into the trap of it it's bonding it's bonding mm-hmm. through negativity it's bonding through you know we did we'll probably have an episode about trauma bonding because that's a whole other thing. It's about feeling accepted too. I think that we start gossiping and start talking badly about others because everyone else is. And then if we don't do it, then we're not going to feel accepted. Correct. But there's a way that you can interact in a group with friends and whatnot that doesn't have to be so negative, that doesn't have to reinforce this negativity so I'm going to give you a little a little game because I thought I would throw this out there. On my birthday, about a year ago, I got together with a bunch of friends who we had a mutual person in our lives that none of us liked. And I decided because it was my birthday, I was going to use that 
excuse, should I say, as why I did not want to hear about this person, why I didn't want to hear about us all complaining about this person, why I didn't want to hear about us gossiping about this person. And I use my birthday as the reason why we're not going to do this. But ultimately, it didn't make us feel good. We all got together because this was a mutual person that we all knew, but it didn't make us feel good when we all left. All we did was complain about them, gossip about them. So I decided to do on that day, and you can do this, is I brought a box with me and I said to everyone, if at any point you mention this person or mention their name, you have to put a dollar into this box. And at the end of the night, (laughs) the person who put the least amount of money inside gets all of the money. And it was insane. Yeah, it worked. It was awesome because we started to catch ourselves gossiping or talking negatively. And then we would stop. And we had such a good conversation about other things that we probably never would have discussed if I didn't do this. Well, because your brains as a group, your brains are wired that when we get together, your brain goes, oh, okay, I know this group. I know what I got to do. And it starts to fire up the connections that you've built. But by breaking the the pattern and the connection, your brain goes, oh, because even though your brain likes patterns and it likes, you know, relativity, it also likes to be stimulated, to be challenged, to face new uh, connections, to make new pathways. So it allowed you, your brain went, oh, this is fun. This is different. Yeah. Cool. And it be, it becomes more engaged. And I, that's a, that's a brilliant thing I think to do, you know, and you're right. You, what you guys started to do, you know, in, in a, in a fun way was you started to go, I'm going to reroute the pathways that are made when I get together with you all. Yeah. And we found all these really awesome connections that we had with each with each other that we wouldn't have even talked about had I not made people spend money to change their words. <laughs> and finding those external connections, your brain was making internal connections at the yes. same time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So if you want to do that sometime, do it. It was, it was such an awesome social experiment that I did. I came up with and yeah, try it if you want to. And we always talk about switching your words, so we're yeah. not going to get into deep detail about this one, but go into any of our podcasts again, go listen to how we can switch <laughs> our words. But there was two phrases that we were going to discuss in a podcast or two, and it turned out that we didn't feel we could create an entire podcast around them. So I wanted to talk about these two phrases here, because I think all of us have said these phrases, and very quickly tell you how you can switch your words that they can mean or have a different impact on you in a more positive way. Those two phrases, one was, I am always so tired. Or the other is, I am so sick of this. I have completely said both of these a hundred times. Now there's truth behind being tired. I think that we do get physically tired. I think that we get overworked, we get overtired, but we're not talking about that here. We're talking about, I'm always so tired of dot, 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 dot. Yeah, exactly. Where, you know, you can say tired is a, is a word that's used and you can express a physical state. Like I, last night, I did not sleep well. Today I am tired. Mm-hmm. That's not the tired. That's not the use of tired that we're talking about. You know, it's winter time here. Every time I turn around, somebody's like, I got a cold. I got the flu. I've got <laughs> this. I got that. They're sick. That is a physical state of being. And that's not what we're talking about when we use those phrases. I'm so tired. I'm so sick of this. Right. Yep. Right. So the words are the phrases that we came up with that we could use instead. If you want to write these down, one is today I'm not feeling my best, but tomorrow will be a better day. Or the other one that I try to use as much as I can, I cannot control others, but I can control myself and I am open to change. And that is a huge one. That's you know, Again, you're not going to say this openly to somebody, but just to think of saying that instead of saying, I am so sick of this, I cannot control others, but I can control myself and I'm open to change. That will have a very different impact on your life if you use those words instead. Yeah. And these are phrases we're we're saying it's probably easier with some of this stuff. If you're looking to eliminate this, this 
these phrases from your vocabulary. It is easier to start internally. We, we tell children all the time, think before you speak. But that's really what this whole podcast is about. Yeah. I love this next one. This is ramp up your positive words. What does this mean? Okay, here we go. Instead of saying that was good, say that was fantastic. That was incredible. That was amazing. You will see people's reactions. I have done a social experiment on this myself. I love food. I am a foodie. I go out. People take me to really good restaurants. I take them to really good restaurants. We experience food together. I consider it a food experience sometimes, not just a dinner. And if you're eating a soup or you're eating an appetizer or an entree and you're like, oh, this is good. This is good. And the person's like, wait a second. No, this is the best restaurant around. Come on, give me something else. And you start to realize, wow, this is this is fantastic. This is incredible. This is this is an amazing meal. All of a sudden, that boosts that positivity up in that conversation that also helps the other person really see that you're really enjoying yourself because the truth is, is good is so overly used, mm-hmm. right? If you go to the market and you're going to the cashier, how are you doing? Good. We say good to everything. How's your day? Good. It's such a nicety in a sense, but we start to ramp up. And I've seen this in the market when the person has said to me, how's your day going? And I go, fantastic. It's going fantastic. And the first thing they say to me is, oh my gosh, that's amazing. What happened today? Or, oh my gosh, that's so great. I don't hear that very often. It all of a sudden opens up this conversation and then a more positive attitude to that person because every day, all day long, they're hearing good, 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 good. Yeah. What you're touching on, I think, is two interesting, two interesting things that we've seen before. One is the the idea of the fake it till you make it type <laughs> of thing. But for me, uh, as I've gotten older, I, I have shifted a little bit away from from that mindset. It almost feels like improvision, where somebody will come up to your energy level. If you raise up your level of intensity, people will try to match that. In the case of your supermarket, by you saying, I'm having a fantastic day, immediately that stranger is sometimes prone to go, oh, yeah? And they come up to your level because they want to be, because we want homeostasis. As human beings, we kind of look for homeostasis. And again, I know out there we're, we're, we're not always addressing the neurodivergent brain. And I think in future episodes, we will probably bring on some folks who have experience in the neurodivergent brain. So that's not going to be a standard for everybody, but for most folks or for, you know, throughout the population in general, we like to level each other and be in a state of homeostasis. So if you are, and you see this in fights, it can mm-hmm. work in the negative too. If you see somebody ramping up and bringing their energy up, you know, the other person will ramp right up and it ramps up and ramps up and ramps up. And all of a sudden you've got this big blowout. But if one person takes the time to consciously be maybe not so ramped up in this fight situation, it can sometimes level somebody down and bring and defuse the situation. The same in a positive situation. If you're ramping up the positivity, people are usually going to want to join you on that journey. You yeah. know, so, you know, what I say that in every single time you should over inflate something that you're feeling, maybe not, but you can bring it up a little bit from what you might normally, you know, maybe if you're at a restaurant and the food is good, maybe it's really good. Or maybe uh-huh. it's really enjoyable. Or if you if it's not the food, maybe the atmosphere is warm and welcoming and inviting. Whatever it is, if you can ramp it up from your kind of baseline feeling and communicate that externally, people are going to want to go there with you as well. 100%. Agreed. We also have talked about this. And we're not going to go over it again because we are kind of running toward the end of this podcast here. We do want to stop talking to you forever and ever and ever. I'm just kidding. (laughs) 
is to limit or remove the negative Nancy's. We talked about this and this, this is ties into what we we're just talking about that idea of matching, you know, the negative Nancy's are going to, they're going, you're, you're going to bring your, yeah. <laughs> and you're, they're going to bring you down. They're going to bring you to their baseline, you know, again, whether consciously or unconsciously, we always want to match the folks that we're with. So if you have somebody who is a negative person, it's going to your brain and your body and your societal cues and everything are going to want to match that person. Yeah. So, and then your brain learns the negative connections and all that's everything that we've been talking about here. So yeah, eliminate your exposure to, to that. Yeah. And we've talked about socially exposing yourself. We've talked about physically exposing yourself. And now there's, of course, emotionally exposing yourself, but then there's psychologically exposing yourself. And this is really the last one is to surround yourself with positive words, maybe post affirmations, read self-help books on positivity, watch positive TED Talks, choose Mm -hmm. positive books podcasts, movies, whatever it is out there, as opposed to something that's negative. And we're not, again, saying every time. I mean, who doesn't like right. watching a good slash horror film? Okay. Yep. But a if you have a choice. Yep. Right. A, a dystopian. You know, there is a there is a space for everything. In your world, there is a space for everything, good and bad. What we're asking is that you try to really nourish yourself with more good than, than negative. Let's go back to our 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 sweet little plant our little jar of water the more it's nurtured the better it does what it's designed to do yeah and a really good example of this is when you're feeling sad choosing if you want to play a song choosing a happy song or a song that makes you want to dance or a song that makes you want to sing or a song that reminds you of a really good happy memory over a song that is a sad song. And again, I love my sad songs. Yep, I love yep. my my singer-songwriter pouring their heart out and and being vulnerable and and telling their sad story, but I've done the experiment as well on this where I have chosen the more upbeat positive song instead of the sad song and it immediately boosts my energy level back up. So you have choices every day on what you do and how you do it. And again, we're not telling you to not watch slasher films, not to listen to crime docu-series, not to, not to listen to sad songs. But if you want to get out of that slump or wherever it is that you may be, maybe choose a thing that's positive and surround yourself with positive things that you can have an option to choose on. You can't change people. You can't change how they talk to you. You can't change how the world reacts to you necessarily on an everyday, but you can choose and change what you surround yourself with. And this is something so simple, just listening to to us. <laughs> Listen to us. We try to bring out positivity. We tell you how there's power in your words, how you can change your life in a really, really beautiful way. And Trust me when I tell you, and Susan will agree with me, that this is all possible. It is not going to happen overnight. It is progress, not perfection. It is hard work. These are the things we're going to repeat to you a hundred times, and we want you to repeat them to yourself a hundred times because as we talk to you about today, that matters. That will change you. That will help everything. And guys, we're so grateful. Thank you for allowing us to have the ability to help you and you're helping us because we're having these conversations out loud right now. Our sweet little brains are making all these great positive connections that are helping us to think as well. So we hope that you are benefiting from this as much as we are. We're grateful to you guys. Yeah. The truth is, is after I walk away from having these recording, these podcasts with Susan, I feel better. Yeah. And that just right there shows you that the moment you start to just transition your brain to thinking about positivity, it will change your whole day. 
I, I'm excited to start my day today. This was an awesome way to start our day. Typically, we do not record in the mornings. I think we should do this more often if we can, because it really <laughs> did help my mood. And again, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. This will be our last podcast of 2022. We will be back in 2023. We may or may not take a winter break. So keep your eyes open, your ears open, whatever it is you have to keep open for us. We will be back, I promise. But I'm going to leave as always, and I hope she's ready because this has been Susan's uh, <laughs> what knife in her side <laughs> for a year <laughs> to tell us. I promise you I am getting, I am, I am working on it. And I'm going to round out 2022 by telling you, and you can reach out to us on the social media channels. You can reach out to us at so you say pod, all one word, at gmail.com. We would love to hear how you're wrapping up your 2022. What's your positive thing? What are you looking forward to going into 2023? And you can check us out on Instagram at so.you.say.podcast. And that's on Instagram. Keep your eye out on the social medias. We'll let you know when we're dropping new episodes and what we've got in store for 2023. Yeah. And if there's anything, any words that you want us to discuss here on our podcast, we are open to suggestions. And that's it, guys. So thank you so much for being with us again. And we really hope you have a wonderful rest of your year. Mm-hmm.